Good morning. It is Friday, October 14th. Congratulations. You made it. Give yourself a pat on the back. Trending this hour, Adderall. The Food and Drug Administration has declared a nationwide shortage of Adderall. This is the medication used to treat ADHD. It's been surging in demand in recent years, and the FDA noted that one of the top pharmaceutical makers has had continuing manufacturing delays. Also, other manufacturers of a generic version or alternative are also reporting problems with meeting the demand. Also trending, Van Gogh's iconic sunflowers painting. Some environmental activists just poured tomato soup all over the painting in the National Gallery, and now it is covered in orange. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, yeah. so I have a, just a bajillion questions about this. What did Van Gogh do to the environment? Well, I, I, I guess, I guess I didn't even make it that far. My question is, in a world in which lunatics are everywhere and you now need no reason to huddle with other lunatics for causes unknown to anyone how does a van gogh painting like how are they not protected Mm -hmm. in some capacity like it's not it's not a a rob kendall piece yeah it's 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 freaking Van Gogh. It's Van Gogh. Wouldn't you think there would be like some sort of plexiglass ca- case or something that you would say, we we fear lunatics being lunatics mm-hmm. and thus we will protect Van Gogh? Yeah. They they should consider that at this point. And there's not even velvet stanchions in front of it marking it off. <laughs> so wait, wait. You, any person could just walk up to a Vincent Van Gogh piece of art. You're not supposed to touch it. I, I'm not saying what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm saying the reality of the world in which we live, mm-hmm. that there is the security is so lax that you any, any moron can walk up to a Vincent Van Gogh, let's say they had lipstick and not tomato soup, and just start drawing on mm-hmm. the painting? Yes. How is that a thing? That's what happens when you trust people and hope that they have goodwill. Now, somebody in the YouTube chat is saying it is protected in glass. Well, how did they get the tomato soup on it then? If it, and how do you get to, how do you get tomato soup into the museum in question? <laughs> Isn't there like security up front? And wouldn't somebody go, hey, Fred, you can't bring a cup of tomato soup into the museum? In you some museums, they'll put it have, in a big purse. They'll have um, like a little dining area where you can get some food. But wouldn't there be a security guard of some sort saying you can't? I mean, think of all the places they say, no food and drink allowed Mm -hmm. in, you know, whatever. A a museum with a Van Gogh, and you can just waltz around with with tomato soup? Well, art goes really well paired with a nice tomato soup, so (laughs) I, I can't blame them for that. Speaking of the color orange, which the Van Gogh painting now looks like, who is your orange person? That is also trending. Who is your what? Your orange person. What does that mean? Okay, so your orange person is someone who is your comfort person, someone you can't live without, Kevin. someone who you adore with your whole body and Kevin. mind, someone who's soft like the sunset Kevin. and makes you feel safe. Kevin is my orange person. Oh, they, I that thought is, you were going to ask him that is who a his orange honor. person was. <laughs> Kevin's your orange person. Kevin, who is your orange person? Uh... 
I'm going to have to go with Rob. <laughs> See? Oh, my god! I think it's mutual. It's a Friday, and here comes the bromance. <laughs> okay, well, if you would like to uh, declare your orange person, just hashtag orange person. It's 10 minutes after 9. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and let's talk about the president. He was in Los Angeles yesterday touting his $1.2 billion infrastructure bill. He argued that inflation will get worse if Republicans win control of Congress in the midterm elections next month. He argued that Democrats are standing up for working people, using the top of his remarks to focus on the infrastructure bill. So it is fascinating that politicians, and I have marveled in this for years and years and years, have the ability to look an entire society in the eye and just lie Mm -hmm. to people. Like, mm-hmm. just just without thinking, without blinking, without any hesitation. And we're picking on Biden here because it deserves to be picked on. But politicians all across the fruited plain do this every single day. And he does this right here in which, Casey, the, the, uh, the stimulus that they passed in 2021 is riddled with tax increases. Uh, the, the green dream that they just past has tons of tax increases in it and you're going to hear it right here oh and by the way inflation is a tax on every single person because you can't buy as much stuff because stuff costs more and these are all faults of joe biden and yet as you'll hear right here he still is keeping up with the there are no tax increases on people below a certain income level by the way in every single piece of legislation i've gotten passed with help of the people here we have not raised the tax on anybody making less than 400,000 bucks a year, one penny. I wish I was making 400, you were making 400 grand, but not a single penny. No, I mean it, not a single penny. The, the president of the United States makes more than $400,000. Did he just Does, say he wished he made $400,000? <laughs> Does he not even know how much he makes? What? Let's see here. What? He must not have received his check from Hunter this month. <laughs> Let's see. What is the president's salary? I mean, am I just imagining that? $400,000 per year. (laughs) Casey, he makes Mm $400,000 a year. Oh, plus you get an expense account of Mm -hmm. $50,000. And your own personal security detail. This is how clueless the president is. I wish I was making exactly what I make. (laughs) He went on to acknowledge that Americans are, quote, squeezed by the cost of living, you think? But then he went on and touted the progress in the fight against higher prices. So wages are down, prices are up, and the Democrats have no one to blame but themselves. And we know that a Republican vote in November is a vote for lower prices and a strong economy. And let's talk about some of the things that are rising in price. Cereal up 17%. You know, I went uh, to the store the other day, Rob, and I like Basic 4 cereal. What is that? But boy, it's expensive. What is Basic 4? It's just, you know, it's your cereal with all the fruits and nuts and raisins. Oh, sure, right. Okay. It's $6 a box, whereas Raisin Bran Mm -hmm. is only $3 a box. Is that the name brand, Raisin Bran? Because, you know, there's the Kellogg's Raisin Bran and then the... Walmart or whatever store you're at. It is like the they, name brand. Oh, wow. How fancy. I but know. it's still half the cost. Yeah. Uh, butter and margarine up 32%. Flour is up 24%. 
Fruits and vegetables up 14%. And here's a tip for you. Just found this out at Costco. Mm -hmm. You know the containers of cherry tomatoes? Mm -hmm. And typically, they're red. Yeah. If you get the one that has a little bit more green and yellow tomatoes in it, Mm -hmm. tastes the same. Oh. 60 cents cheaper. No kidding. Just because they look different. Huh. Cakes, cupcakes, cookies up 16%, and soups are up 20%. (laughs) So that's why, you know, the the CPI was 8.2, but the eating at home index says it's up 13% overall. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, 15 minutes after 9. And we've got this audio clip of this illegal immigrant who... What is he saying? Oh, it was such a dangerous trek, and it was so awful where we were. No, he's thanking the president. And uh, do you have any message for President Biden? We, we thank him for accepting us for living here. Uh, one more time, just to make sure we didn't misinterpret what that fine gentleman who has illegally uh, broached our country's borders had to say about the president of the United States. And uh, do you have any message for President Biden? We, we thank him for accepting us for living here. How many times now, this is multiple times Fox News has asked an illegal immigrant about their plight, their journey, their whatever, and they've made it very clear they are coming here because Biden told them to come mm-hmm. and makes them feel like they should be here. Walk on in. There is a reason two million people at all times, smashing an all-time record, attempted to illegally enter the country last year. It is because of Joe Biden and his administration, who has made it very clear to people across the world, come to this country illegally. Mm. You don't have to take our word for it. Take their word for it. Yeah, he's thanking them. Well, why wouldn't he? He comes here and he's going to get some new clothes and some health care and even even some some legal team on his behalf 16 minutes after nine with kennel and casey on 93 wibc good morning there's something happening here a lot of people were heartbroken yesterday in florida 921 with kennel and casey on 93 wibc so a jury spared the florida school shooter shooter from the death penalty this is the parkland high school shooter from 2018 they're sending the guy who killed 17 people to prison for the remainder of his life rather than the death penalty it's a decision that left a lot of families of the victims angry baffled in tears and just outright walking out of the courtroom So the question has to be, and so the way Florida law works, you have to have a unanimous vote Mm -hmm. on at least one count in order to get the death penalty. And it appears that that it was like 11 in favor and one One holdout. holdout. Mm -hmm. And so the question has to be, uh, and by the way, apparently – they call this mitigating factors, not to be like Guy Relford over here and, and be turned into a courtroom attorney, but um, perhaps it was untreated childhood issues. You don't know for sure what exactly the reason was. But regardless, if you can kill 17 people, most children, I believe, mm-hmm. and not get the death penalty then what is the standard 
by which you would give someone the death penalty. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious when I ask that. I'm not trying to be a smartass when I ask that. If you can gun down 17 people and not get the death penalty, including many of them children, then what is the standard by which the death penalty exists? Or are we just saying in our society anymore, we're so weak as a society, we will not give someone the death penalty? Yeah. I the only appropriate sentence for a massacre of 17 innocent people should be the death penalty. I feel so bad for the family members of these victims Mm -hmm. because the guy pled guilty. He did over a year ago. And you have to obviously endure one, the loss of a loved one in a horrific fashion. But then you walk right up to the you know, the, the you walk right up to the line and you think, okay, 17 people dead, many of them kids. This is a slam dunk death penalty case. And then to just basically because one person either wimps out or weeks at, weakens out or has some bizarro, obs, you know, objection to the death penalty period then you don't get justice that seems obvious to every single person. Now, Ron DeSantis weighed in on this almost immediately, and he said much the same thing. If you have a death penalty at all, uh, that that is a case where you're massacring those students with premeditation uh, and utter disregard for basic humanity, that you deserve the death penalty. And so the jurors came back. Apparently, it was 11 to 1 with one holdout refusing to authorize uh, the ultimate punishment. And that means that uh, this killer is going to end up uh, getting a same sentence of people who've committed bad acts, but acts that did not rise to this level, I just don't think anything else is appropriate uh, except a capital sentence in this case. And so I was very disappointed to see that. I'm also disappointed that we're four and a half years after these killings and we're just now getting this. You know, they used to do this. He would have been executed in six months. He's guilty. Everybody knew that from the beginning. And yet it takes years and years in this legal system that is not serving the interests of victims. Mm. So a couple of points there. He made that uh, this happened four years ago. Right. The guy pled guilty. Yep. And then it took a three-month trial to determine whether he should be executed. They included graphic videos, photos. The family was there. And then at the end of the day, they rejected the death penalty after deliberating for seven hours. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, again, I, they threw everything at the wall, right, as they often do in these death penalty cases to see if something stuck. And, you know, he was abused as a child or as a victim of, I think it was, what, a fetal alcohol syndrome. I mean, they threw all this stuff out there. Look, that's terrible that people mm-hmm. have to go through that. But lots of people go through that, and they don't shoot 17 people. 14 students and three staff members is what it was. It comes down to this, Casey, and we see the insanity of defense used all the time. Do you know the difference between right and wrong? If you know the difference between right and wrong, then we're done here. There is no excuse for this. This guy slaughtered 17 innocent people. He knew the difference between right and wrong. He knew what he was doing. And these poor family members will just go on forever knowing this guy is going to stay alive as long as he stays alive. Mm -hmm. 
you know, in a prison cell living off the taxpayers. I was just about to say, and these poor families are going to pay because of taxes. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC at 927. And AOC had herself a town hall, and boy, it was interrupted. And that's coming up next from 93 WIBC. She had herself a town hall in the Bronx this week, and during a question and answer session, it was interrupted by anti-war protesters demanding answers as to why she's backing the U.S. involvement in the war in Ukraine. We're talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I have so many questions about this, Casey, and we're going to play a little audio of this here in just a moment. But number one, uh, I thought she was supposed to be this leftist rock star. And this video of these maniacs screaming at her town hall or whatever it was, it looks like like there's like nine people there. Yeah, the place is not full. So what happened with that? Because every time she's on MSNBC or CNN or whatever it is, it's like Elvis has entered the building. Yet when you can just walk in and see her in person, Mm -hmm. no charge no one cares enough to show up so clearly the people in her district aren't that impressed and the second part of this is it appears a lot of her leftist constituents are feeling very let down Mm -hmm. that she has repeatedly decided to fund ukraine with zero strings attached zero accountability and i think what's happening here and we'll play this audio is these people because Look, if you invest your hope and dreams and fantasies in a politician, you deserve whatever you get because you're a moron. Because the vast majority of these people, and you're seeing it now with AOC, are just gigantic grifter frauds. And some of her constituents apparently have uh, awoken to that. Take a listen. Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are funny war hawks, okay? You originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a third nuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of American citizens? You're playing with our lives. There will be no neighbors if there's a nuclear bomb. You voted to mobilize and send money to Ukrainian Nazis. You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you, and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. Okay. You are the establishment, and you are the... It goes... He's right, yeah. You are the establishment. It goes on and on and on and on. And this is why, look, you vote for the person you think is the best. You vote for the person you think will do the best job. But this idea of believing in politicians or having faith in them or, you know, they're going to be the, you know, savior you've yearned for in the political landscape. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. These people, like her are for the most part disingenuous grifter frauds who are totally in it for themselves. And you have seen, she's told by upper management how it's going to be, and she does what upper management tells her to do, and there's very little difference. And by the way, I normally feel bad, even for politicians, when they get treated like this, because... In public meetings, whether they are official, you know, government function meetings or these town halls, 
Everybody should have the right to speak. You should be polite. The person is there. Be professional. Not her, though, because she gets off on being an agitator. She gets off on pretending like, oh, I've been arrested. And the pretending power, and she the, was handcuffed. Yeah, she is an agitator. So I got no, not one second thought about feeling bad for her because she does this crap all the time. So it was nice to see her get a little bit of her own medicine mm-hmm. for once. Well, those constituents were hoodwinked by her. And you know it's bad for the Dems when in New York City, people are showing up at events and calling her out. I mean, they're like peanut butter and jelly, right? And now people are wanting to separate. And one more thing that has always bothered me about her, and, and you know what? AOC. Okay, yeah, she's got a long name, and it's easy to shorten it, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but she's no RGB, she's no MLK, she's no JFK, she's no FDR. Can we stop with the AOC? Like, why are we helping to brand her? Well, she was a media creation, and people always say, well, the bartender. No, I'm not going to hold that against her, because there's a lot of people who work incredibly hard, mm-hmm. who are really great people, who are, you know, really smart, business-savvy people, who are bartenders or in the service service industry so I don't dump on her for that what I do dump on her for is being a completely empty suit who just happened to be a bartender she had brought nothing to the table that you would say wow what a keen intellectual giant we have here who will no doubt create and craft great public policy for the future of this country and she was wholly created by the media there was nothing to it there's never been anything to it and you have seen just like when it was trump it was kids in cages crying at the border now it's biden doing the exact same thing she's nowhere to be found she you know bush lied people died the same crowd who did all that are the people sending bajillions of dollars to continue the war in ukraine who they're not our friends they're not good guys i mean look i'll say this and i'm sure i'll get in trouble for it but whatever ukraine has a horrific very sketchy history they're not these great democracy lovers they're not great guys it wasn't all that long ago they were totally aligned with people who absolutely hate our guts we should not be sending them this money we don't have the money we're getting no tangible result for our money all our involvement in this is done is skyrocket energy prices for people at home we've got nothing out of it and she's no different than everybody else when the rubber meets the road so how much money have we sent to the ukraine 54 billion dollars <laughs> Broken down to $12.5 billion in weapons and other supplies, $9.4 billion in economic support, U.S. military deployments and, and intelligence, $9 billion. Hey, we sent them food, health care, and other aid at the tune of $7 billion. Military and security assistance, $6 billion. Oh, I'm not done. I'm only halfway through the list, Rob. Grants and loans for military supplies, $4.7 billion. Migration and refugee assistance, $1.8 billion dollars foreign aid 1.5 billion dollars administrative for children and families 0.9 billion dollars diplomatic programs and other half a billion dollars you know what we're we're sanctioning russia do you know how much it costs us to sanction another country 0.3 billion dollars it's costing us to put sanctions on another country and i hope on sunday night and um, and it's going to have to be cineac because McDermott's a Democrat, so I'm sure he's lockstep in whatever Biden's doing, will have the guts to look at the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, and say, hey, clown, you have repeatedly voted for all these Democrat spending bills. 
which is why you're the Duke of Spendingburg, and you tell the, you tell the people of Indiana what have we gotten for the $54 billion that you just send over there time and time and time again without a second thought. I'm so sick of giving these Ukraine people money. I'm so sick of it. They're not our friends. They're not our buddies. It's not Britain. It's not It's not even France. It's not like, you know, we have this, have a long track record with these people. It's not even a NATO country. And the, Perfect. And it happens time and time and time again. How many times over history have we seen where we arm or fight with or defend a group of people who within a decade end up turning it around mm-hmm. on us? It's exactly what happened in Afghanistan, and we never learn any lessons, and these idiot politicians just like AOC and Todd Young keep voting to send these people money with no requirement of result, nothing to look at the American people and say, you've gotten this for your money. There's other than more expensive gasoline and energy. We've gotten nothing out of it, and we just keep throwing money at them. By the way, the two protesters that showed up to her event, they tried to explain themselves on Twitter, and then Twitter blocked them. (laughs) Isn't that perfect? Twitter showing that uh, Right. right now they're not completely supportive of free speech and expression. So let's talk about the economic advisor for Biden. The consumer price index rose 0.4% in September, and overall prices rose 8.2% in the last 12 months, higher than what the economists predicted. But this uh, Cecilia Rouse, she's a Biden economic advisor. She says, oh, it's okay that your wages are ticking down. Take a listen. As an economist, uh, where do you find assurance that inflation is not becoming entrenched in this economy. I mean, what in these numbers might indicate it's not entrenched? Because it sure looks that way right at the moment. Well, I look, I don't have a crystal ball, but what I would take uh, some comfort in, if that's what we're going to call it, uh, is the fact that if we look at hourly wages, uh, they actually tick down. Uh, so that suggests that we're not going to see, we're not seeing wage price spiral, at least in, in these numbers. She's taking comfort in the fact that your paycheck is not going as far as it used to. <laughs> It's a bold, it's a bold move. I, I've always wondered, like, when they come back after doing an interview like that and they walk in the White House, does someone, because there has to be somebody monitoring when these people are on TV. Maybe there's not. It's a Biden White House, so who knows? But there has to be somebody that goes, WTF, lady. Why did you say that? <laughs> what? What on earth? So price inflation has now outpaced wages for 18 months in a row. I'm going to say that again. Price inflation has now outpaced wages for 18 months in a row. How long do you think the White House has known about this? Hmm, Let's listen. I wonder if you're disappointed in the print today, and if you are, whether or not you think it paints maybe uh, not as accurate a picture of how quickly the economy is evolving. Well, look, what we learned today was that we have a problem with inflation. The president does understand that. We have understood that. We learned it today. Learned it today. 18 months in a row now, but they learned it today. And I I know I say this all the time, but you have people running our, our society, whether it's the federal government, our state government. These people are about the last people you would want in charge of anything. 
they can't make it in real life. It's why they go, so many of them, into government, into, air quote, leadership roles in government, because it's all they have to offer. And yet, for some reason, we keep sticking these people up and then sticking up for them. And then promoting them into higher positions. I don't get it. So yesterday, we played for you some audio from John Fetterman as his mental capacity is being called into question. And somebody... Somebody came to his defense, and we've got that for you next on 93 WIBC. It's 948 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Dasha Burns. She's the reporter who works for NBC and she's the one who interviewed John Fetterman, the Democratic Senate hopeful, and she's enduring a liberal media onslaught over her interview and then her remarks post-interview where she stated that he had difficulty understanding their conversation off camera, even the small talk before the interview happened. And uh, Fetterman, recovering from a stroke that he had earlier in the year, he's prompted a lot of questions asking if he is capable of holding the position. And she merely stated that she felt he was having having trouble during the interview and even before the interview and a lot of people are attacking her for saying what she found yeah this is super interesting and this is another example of why our society is in the position it's in because people are so tribalized to some ideology or in some cases even worse a letter and in the case of fetterman it's it's his ideology. I mean, he is a radical leftist, even when he had his mental faculties all about him. He's a r- total radical leftist. And because of that and our need for whatever ideology suits us best, we will defend and excuse anything. So all this woman said, and everybody's seen it, and we've been seeing it for months and months and months with this guy, which is the guy's not all there. There appeared to be very moments where very clearly he was having trouble processing in terms of the conversation everybody saw that on the camera and then she said hey before the interview we were having trouble having any sort of conversation Mm -hmm. with the guy that he could not use the screen to read exactly what was going on she wasn't being mean about him she wasn't making commentary on his politics she wasn't making a a medical diagnosis she simply said one what everybody saw who's watched the thing and two my interaction with the guy beforehand was fill in the blank and yet because we live in a society where somebody supposed because i'm not even sure fetterman knows his ideology anymore at at this point but they know he'll do whatever he's told to do we are going to now not only defend the fact that the guy is clearly not all there we're now going to attack the person who made the fairly obvious observation and the of course Mm -hmm. the view was front and center of the defense police take a listen he thought it was inappropriate that she said during small talk uh, before our yeah. interview. Maybe she's bad at small talk. Maybe yeah, it was maybe, her. Maybe it's her. <laughs> I just feel that, you know, I don't know if it was an off-the-record conversation, if the entire interview was off the record, but I know, Sarah, you've interviewed people. We interview people, and we have small talk before. That is generally not something that you mention during <laughs> when you're being interviewed by an anchor. The other thing that, that I had a problem with when she's describing all of this, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I love closed caption. I watch all of my series closed caption 
Okay, two two things. One, Casey, you you worked in television, so you're infinitely more qualified to to talk about this than I am. But unlike radio, mm-hmm. where it's you know usually a long form conversation, television there's a whole bunch of things that don't air, and there's usually a build up to that as you're sitting there, you know, saying, hey, here's what we're going to be discussing. Mm-hmm. Here's these sort of things, mm-hmm. and that is totally normal in television, where they'll say. Hey, what didn't we see? Mm-hmm. Or what what didn't the viewers get to experience? For a reporter to observe what else was talked about that didn't make it on air, that's a totally normal thing that has nothing to do with politics. That happens even when it's non-political conversations. Absolutely. It happened yesterday. Terry Stacy and I went out to the Indianapolis Zoo. We were uh, talking with one of the curators, and he said before... The camera was rolling. What do we want to talk about? And we said, hey, you know what? You're the expert. We want to know about the snakes that you have here. And there's no gotcha questions, but just be the expert. We'll ask you some questions and you talk about the knowledge that you have. Oh, okay, good. And where are we going to do this at? Where are we going to shoot it at? Well, let's go out here by the trees. It's really pretty. That sort of thing. It's the setup before you do the interview. What do we want to cover? And then after the interview, I, of course, said something that they were like, yeah, let's take that part out because we don't want we don't want that right so that's what you do okay so in post we'll clean that up and and there is small that is what they call what they talk about small talk mm-hmm. it happens for any person who's ever done a television interview happens for any person who's ever been the guest on a television interview so this thing of like oh my gosh it's so hyper offensive that she dared to reveal which is exactly what everybody saw in the stuff that aired, which is the guy is not all there and struggles to have conversations without a prompter. And you know what? Lots of people do use closed captioning. Usually they have hearing issues of some sort, or some people just enjoy reading along, but they're not dependent on it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order to understand other than if they have a hearing issue of, of some sort, which helps with that. And again, nobody's... Nobody's. They act like the, this. This woman was attacking this guy. She just simply said, "I had a really hard time having a conversation with him that did not involve the prompter." Yeah, this has nothing to do with closed captioning, but rather if he has the mental capacity to be one of the 100 most powerful people in the world. Yes. I mean, can he be an effective part of this legislative body for the best country on the planet? Now, as ridiculous as all of that was. Chris Hayes, he's a host on mm-hmm. MSNBC. Mm-hmm. He said, in terms of excuse palooza, uh, hold my beer. And now he says, you got to <laughs> basically vote Democrat because the Republicans, get this, Casey, will deliberately sabotage the economy. The shame of the dem- the shame of the media to protect the Democrats knows no bounds. Listen. I feel confident in predicting that if Republicans win control of one or both houses of Congress, they will do everything in their power to sabotage the economy, to best set them up to retake the White House in 2024. How could it be any worse? Let's just pretend that was their MO, their modus operandi. How could it be any worse? How would you know if they're sabotaging the economy, Casey? And nothing, by the way, nothing says reelect me like I sabotage the economy. So how can they sabotage the economy without the presidency? Are they going to get a miraculous two-thirds vote in Congress to override a Biden veto? The president still has to sign off on bills, and the president still has to authorize any bills that the Congress passes. 
Sabotage, huh? Okay. It's 9.55. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Happy Friday.